0: Welcome to Entertain This, a podcast about movies, TV shows, and video games. But today, it's a podcast about podcasting, or entertainment in general. Let's uh, do a special, uh, not a numbered episode, but just a special about how to grow something like a podcast, or how to get into the the fold of entertainment to begin with, with our special guest star.
1: Ah, Nate McGill. So, I am here. (laughs)
0: Thank you, sir. I am the fourth. I appreciate you being here today, and... uh, we, uh, we were excited to talk to you just to kind of like bend your ear a little bit about podcasting in general, for sure. our sakes, yeah. other listeners who are interested in getting into podcasts or just entertainment.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: So give us a little bit about your background, if you don't mind.
1: Uh, well, first, like, I love your show. Thanks. So I, I mean, nice. I've been listening to, to episodes. I really enjoy it. I like your banter. I like everything that you're talking about. I'm really into it. Um, and, you know... I, I'd rather talk about all of that stuff than talk about me. So I'm like, okay, I mm-hmm. want to talk about that stuff. We can talk about ourselves so all day maybe long. maybe we'll, we'll yeah. come back and, and <laughs> do that. Um, no, for me, like, uh, you know, I think um, I started off making video at home in the 1980s with my parents' video camera. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister had passed away at a young age, and so uh, my parents bought a this gigantic RCA camcorder back Mm. then really as a form of time travel. Um, You know, if you think about like capturing video and films, like the only form of actual time travel there is, Mm -hmm. (laughs) is you can look into the past and kind of remember. And because they didn't have any videos of my sister, they made sure that they captured every other moment of like me and my brother growing up. Mm. And um, you know, Grief does crazy things to a family when something like that happens. Mm-hmm. And the offset of that was my brother and I basically wanted to do something else with a camera, which was just make entertainment. Yeah. So <laughs> we started making shorts. We started making movies and, um, and made a bunch of them and never really thought of it as a career. Um, in high school, uh, I would always use video as extra credit. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I'm not doing well in this class. Yeah, we're making the crucible now. (laughs) We're filming. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. Oh, Nathaniel Hawthorne. Yeah, movie. I'm not going to write a report. Like, we're going to do, you know, whatever we need to do. And um, uh, basically, had a a film competition like in 1997 and I won like an amateur thing, and then got into a um, broadcast class for a little bit. And before I graduated high school, uh, back in these days, there was local access television shows. Mm -hmm. And so I went down to a local access TV show Mm -hmm. uh, channel and 30 minutes of airtime cost $60. Wow! And so I, instead of cutting grass during the summer, I started selling local commercials uh, to pay for my own show. (laughs) And by the end of the first episode, the whole summer was paid for. So I went to the races and then like, you know, uh, it, someone that we all know uh, is it, with the Galactic Quest. Like they were the first guest on the first TV show because mm. we were always hanging out, like trying to figure out what the Star Wars toys were mm-hmm. or the comics or whatever. So we're like, okay, first episode's going to be like, what's Phantom Minutes going to be like? We all thought it was going to be great. Wasn't so great, uh, <laughs> you know. Pod <laughs> hey, in retrospect, it's a lot better than the yeah. current stuff, but that's just our opinion. <laughs> that's Padre That's the greatest quote of the whole movie, right there. Yeah. yeah. Now that's Padre. Ra- we should just. Every once in a while, i just throw that in. Sure. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, we, I did that. And then, you know, uh, it was sort of like I, I wanted to make it. All I knew was video, you uh-huh. know, and I quickly kind of discovered that. Like my eyes are on, my parents are telling me, go into business. We worked in manufacturing our whole lives. We don't know what business means that's a good degree. <laughs> you know, like, they don't really know the advice they're giving, giving us, but mm-hmm. okay, let's do it. Yeah. So I'm like aiming there, but I'm selling camcorders at Best Buy and doing whatever I can. And, um, one of my professors, uh, had seen the local access show that had been playing and repeat, mm-hmm. um, really didn't have much content back then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, he was like, Oh, you make video. And this is like VHS cameras and like you're editing VCRs together and stuff. And so he uh, wanted me to do some documentaries for the Board of Regents early in college. Oh, wow. And um, I started one on Oakland Park Cemetery that did, like, PBS and, or GPTV, whatever the Georgia broadcasting thing is. And a couple other things. Um, gosh, we did Civil War reenactments. We did – I can't cool. remember. Uh, one was on, like, reclaimed water. That was the first airplane I ever got on it was a college. Flew me to Sarasota huh. um, to interview somebody about reclaimed water. And um, they didn't know that my friends lived in Sarasota, so I just really hung out at the beach with them. <laughs> as long as you got to get an interview. You the interview, so, uh, the interview was twenty minutes. They yeah. just partied. yeah. You know, so, um, you know, I think your talent finds a way, and uh, your and your craftiness, your gift finds a way uh, for you. And I didn't really understand that principle back then, but it certainly did. And almost with every door that um, that opened, it had to do something with that. So, I mean, I worked in church world for years. Um, That was literally, I went to church. I saw my cousin's testimony. They came to visit on a visitation because I filled out the card. They came down in the basement. They saw I was editing something, and they hired me the next day. Oh, wow. So I went to do this church thing, and then the week later, the guy I was working for then introduced me to the guy at Georgia Baptist Convention, and then I'm doing summer camps, and I'm doing events, and then I'm directing concerts, and then I'm directing (laughs) Uh, you know, you're networking with the lighting director of this event, the sound guy for that event, and um, I worked out of a production company in Chattanooga for a while, and in Tennessee, and then I did Ohio and Texas, and mm. I traveled for six years and stayed on the road, and um, got so, done with that, came home.
0: So what what you do now with Gwinnett Magazine? Yeah, you know. Traveling around interviewing, talking to cool people. Yeah. Eating all those deli- delicious, yeah. tasty foods and stuff yes. like that. Mm-hmm. You know, is that... Come full circle. Yeah, is that, <laughs> yeah, that's full circle now. Yeah. But, I mean, it it, where, where do you feel about that compared to your, you know, interesting career in the past? Do you think that this is, like, the high point? This is where you're happy to be?
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm super passionate about it. I think, like, sometimes you have to go all the way around the sun. And, you know, I can say that for a long time, like, I, I did let filmmaker... Uh, eat up my identity. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of my self-worth was in my performance. There's a lot of ego in that term. I mean, you know, like, (laughs) you know, if you are getting your self-worth from the approval of others and the people that are around you and and you need somebody to like you, then, you know, that's a big deal. All of us have that, you know. And there's a rumor going around that like man's deepest psychological need is for self-worth. So, you know, I got mine out of my work and, um, and I was always trying to, to move the bar up. So it became like, oh, I want to make a movie mm-hmm. and it became, I got to get that movie into blockbuster check. Did that mm-hmm. need to get it into Walmart check. Did that needs to go to theaters check. Did that. And mm-hmm. all the time I am crossing whatever boundary gets in my way to do that. Right. I am captain Kirk on that ship. <laughs> right? I am cheating on the Kobayashi Maru. I'm you sure know? you are. So, <laughs> and, uh, and, and really like, you know, in that time I'm having a family, I'm having kids and we're doing doc, we're doing major documentaries. We're doing major uh, films for the independent market. We sold to Warner brothers. We sold, wow. did something for Disney. We did uh, some TV stuff for ESPN projects. And some of them got off the ground. Some of them didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people make a living from making stuff that nobody ever sees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most of our stuff came out. Um, we still have some documentaries out there on, like, Pluto TV and Amazon and places uh-huh. like that. You'll still find them. But That's cool. But, yeah, so, like, we did the whole dance, and then in that, like, I just completely self-destructed. I destroyed my whole life in mm-hmm. trying to pursue those things that I thought mattered. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I technically made it. On what I thought it was, and I had, you know, money in the bank mm-hmm. and a film that came to theaters and bought a big house on four acres and was like, okay, we're good. But then, you know, I, um, self-destructed. Man. So
0: what was this film?
1: Uh, the movie that went to theaters was called American made movie. Okay. It was, um, a movie about American manufacturing mm-hmm. and a documentary a documentary. huh mm-hmm. And, yeah, not the Tom Cruise version. Right. <laughs> as soon as the Tom Cruise version came out, Google dropped like, his, you know, everyone, oh, you made the Tom Cruise movie. And I just say yes now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mine. Yeah. yeah, there you I go. That one. Yeah, he's All a right. lot shorter than you think he is. <laughs> it was a cool project. Um, you know, it was like I did, uh, we started it here in Gwinnett. Uh, we had a wonderful um, uh, benefactor of that movie, Clyde Strickland, and his uh, wife, Sandra, mm-hmm. and they came on board because they really cared about the Made in the USA uh, issue. And um, and so they put a lot of money into that movie, and we started out producing it. We'd already sold one to Warner Brothers at that time, so um, we kind of knew what we were doing. We knew what we wanted to do. But the thing about working in entertainment, and you guys probably realize this from just even doing podcasting at this point, having your own show, Mm -hmm. it's just technology changes like so fast. Mm -hmm. So you write Mm -hmm. an investor packet for independent film back then, and the first one we wrote, like, we're banking on the DVD sale. Mm -hmm. Well, by the time we make the second one, you know, the second packet comes out, and we're like, okay, well, we made X amount of dollars from DVDs and Mm -hmm. DVD licensing. Mm -hmm. That's going to come through on the next movie. Well, by the next movie, <laughs> that goes away. And mm. now it's video on demand in terms of, like, cable boxes back in the day when people were, like, renting the movies from Comcast and DirecTV, like right. paying five bucks to the cable company to right. do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think uh, our first Netflix deal that we got was, like, maybe $24,000. <laughs> like, this Netflix, yeah. Like, yeah, But it was DVDs and, like, early streaming, you know. It place. wasn't it wasn't like Blockbuster was still around, so they they weren't paying a whole lot for Did you ever get a content. streaming deal? We we I mean we got that one and it was it was not <laughs> just good. that twenty four thousand yeah, dollars. Yeah, just twenty four thousand dollars. We'll take your movie, we'll Ugh. put it on Netflix. So uh, it was cool though. I mean, for, for me, like I'm a local guy, man. Right. I'm a, like an independent dude. You know, I see that thing starting to crank up in reviews and everything, and I'm like, oh man, a lot of people are reviewing this. And you start reading like six of them, and you're like, I really I'm a horrible filmmaker. <laughs> like, I am not any good at this. You're I not supposed probably... to read the reviews. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> but uh, so I mean,
0: you were on. You, you were you had a movie. Yeah, it was streaming. Yes, all sorts of stuff. You had it out there, and uh, it was produced. Where you're at now, where you, you work with the local county and the local media, and you you, you go and interview the, uh, restaurants, and you kind of worry about just your. You, people you can reach out and touch kind of audience. You know yeah, I mean? man.
1: Well, the thing I, what I love about it is it kind of does come full circle back to those, mm-hmm. the, those days of local access TV in a way. Mm-hmm. But um, I love working locally mm-hmm. with the people that I know. And I feel like as far as like when I was in my twenties and thirties, I wanted to I had these big ideas and like that you could go change something right uh, with a movie or a film. And I kind of misidentified what, a documentary even was. Well, like not to that, mention right? too,
0: like you had, when you're working with big people like Warner brothers or yeah. Netflix, even at that time, they're much more vicious and they're more, they're right. more about something else as opposed to people around here. Yeah. who just want their story to be told. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you and
1: what I think, what I think most people do is like, e- even at that level, when you're working with other artists or you're working with entertainment companies or you're working with that, there's not a mute. There's not a respect Really, it's like, what can I get out of this whatever somebody's uh-huh. bringing to the table? When you're doing something local, it's out of gratitude. You know, I'm thankful that I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful that I've had the experiences that I've had. But I'm kind of done with telling the stories that I necessarily want to tell. And right now, I what I want to do and what I want to tell is to tell the story of the small business that is just trying to make it every day. Mm-hmm. Or the guy that's out there on the street. And that's, I'm passionate about that. So I want to go in, I want to try to understand their story, why they do what they do. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just as interesting as anything else.
0: Do you think that that's the future of media? Like, like local broadcast cable companies and stuff like that. As a kid, I never understood that it was Mm -hmm. just people talking about their, their cars or whatever. And, you know, Mm -hmm. and I, I was like, you know, when did, when did the cartoons get on or something like that? But, uh, Mm You know, do you think that there is much more of a a call for this kind of medium where people can kind of broadcast, not mass media to where the entire world can hear it, but to the people who are important enough geographically in a a small location?
1: I think hyperlocal is incredibly important. Is
0: that what it's called, hyperlocal?
1: That's what we're calling it. You know, I think, like, it's just... i write that down. You know, it's (laughs) it's just something where it feels like you want to tell small stories to people who actually can make a difference, right? Mm. And it's just the smallest viable audience that right. you can go after.
0: But if somebody outside finds interest in that, then what happens?
1: Yeah, it just depends. I, I mean, know. do, do outside you... Outside how?
0: Like, outside is in, like, you know, this dude's business is interesting. I live in California. Unfortunately, though, I'm a billionaire. Yeah. You know, like, is there is there a call for the hyper-local medium... That can also work in a mass medium as well. Sure, yeah, I mean
1: that's reality television, right? I mean, like most of the most of those little reality shows that start off, you know, they start off with a production company coming in and telling a small story, right? And people relate to that. If you yeah. look at like Duck Dynasty or something like that, that's I mean, true. I never guys thought are making of it that duck way. calls in Monroe, Louisiana. Yeah. And the next thing you know, they're got ZZ Top on their <laughs> opening credits, and they're all getting out of Rolls Royces. It's crazy. Yeah, that's you know? true.
0: Never thought about that. And
1: everybody knows who they are. The thing is, is that, like, people try to do that, and that's not the, the goal. It's, it's just not the end game. Right. You know, like, you, and I think you can get caught up in the celebrity of anything, right. and what I'm telling you is just, that's fake. Right. It's just, there's nothing on the other end of that. Yeah. And, um, you know, like, in my own story, like, I think that I got a lot of healing when I admitted that maybe i didn't care about some of the issues as strongly as I cared about maybe winning the award for that documentary. Right. I had to be honest with myself for a minute and be like, I am trying to achieve goals for the mere reason of trying to achieve them. I am trying to climb the mountain because it's there. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. like I, and I would say these things like, you know, well, failure is not an option. And uh, you know, I don't believe in a no win scenario mm-hmm. and those are adult fairy tales guys. Yeah. Like you, there is failure is an option, <laughs> you know, you can go home, not go big, you know, like <laughs> these are choices that we make and there's sometimes the best choice. And so I think that's just what I did is just said, okay, look, this is, my life is crumbling. Um, you know, and I, and I went through some down times, downturns and IRS audits and all kinds of crazy stuff that you have when you're, when you're, Doing this kind of entertainment business, it's like I didn't need to go to Hollywood to get a true Hollywood story, right? You know, no, I, <laughs> it, I hear you. It came you. to me. I, I but think, that aside, like what came out of that clarity was just realizing that, oh wow, okay, we don't we don't have to like go, we don't have to go big. I don't have to go out and raise a million dollars in order to tell a story. I can literally start with my phone. Right. I can start with what I got. I can start it back at zero. And build it back from there. And mm-hmm. as long as you like have the confidence in yourself and don't feel like there's some imaginary make it out there, right? You're gonna do fine, right? right? Because real success is only being happy, living the life you're in right now, right? And if I, you gotta mold those things and tweak them to adjust that happiness level, yeah, that's the only kind of currency that there should be.
0: Yeah, you know, not to get too, you know emotional or whatever about this kind of stuff but uh i i, I too i went to film school and wow. um yeah. i uh you'd be surprised how many people just want to do something crazy they don't want to do all the small stuff sure. you know and i was i was finding small commercial gigs here and there to do things and i had paid work for people to show up i just didn't want to do it because it wasn't important enough to them yeah you know and these are the people that want to do this stuff for a living yeah and that's that's the uh, the ego sensation that I got woken up into, and I'm, I'm sure that you know it, it takes a big person to say I was wrong. I shouldn't have thought that way. And honestly, if there was more people in the industry that could do that, yeah. you know, it'd be a better industry, in my opinion. But I, I do appreciate the small town kind of culture when it comes to film production. And it's really interesting to see how that kind of evolves in Georgia, especially as the film industry is booming right. in Georgia. Yeah. Do you think that there's going to go like, how many production companies are there in Gwinnett? Do you know?
1: Every You could throw a rock and, like, hit a guy, yeah. and that guy has a production company. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, you think that the
0: future of, of Gwinnett is going to be, like... Uh, ha- I think...
1: Well, see, what happened was, um, so, when we started, there wasn't a 30% tax incentive to bring films to Georgia. Right. And really, the business of that is what uh, it caused a lot of production to move here. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the guys that I graduated with went out to Shreveport, Louisiana, because they had a good tax incentive at the time. And then you had another one, North Carolina, South Carolina, wherever it was. And um, and a lot of that work came to Georgia just because our tax incentives better. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you know exactly how that works, but the basis is me and you go out and we raise five hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Okay, well we're going to get a thirty percent tax incentive for that. Now, me and you can look at it and go, oh, well, you know what? Coca Cola needs a tax write off. So, me and you sell the tax credit that we just got to Coke. Right. And then our budget's now $1.4 million, $1.3 million, whatever it is. Wow. And so you can sell the tax incentives. You can also uh, just take them, but it's not like, oh, it's a tax break. Like, there's all kinds of ways you can manipulate that and use that, and producers use that. Mm. Um, Mostly people bring their own crews. the, The way it works is like, you do have local unions and you have local shops mm-hmm. uh but you know the same guys that move to louisiana move here cuz that's where the work's from move to the next place mm-hmm. and they're essentially traveling nomads working 20 hours a day 7 days a week uh you know every day's a grip day mm-hmm. so you know there's there's great jobs that are there but they're very blue collar yeah. uh yeah people in, misinterpret
0: what that kind of work yeah. is like <laughs> and it's it's not a Sexy Hollywood kind of thing that only like 1% of Hollywood's like that. The rest of it's sweaty people laying yeah. cables and, 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 and hot it's lights. Like, <laughs> and the thing is, is
1: that like, once you get out there, like we, oh gosh, don't get me started on Yeah, LA, like We did, we opened, we opened an office in Burbank, California uh, at one point, And my uh, partner at the time had moved out there and for, I don't know if it was a good idea or not, honestly, but mm. I think, I think like just, When you go to those meetings and you and you and you see the other production companies and who everybody's got a project and everybody's got a script, and usually like the ones that get made are the guys who have rich uncles, Mm -hmm. you know they know people. It's just it's just kind of it's just like that. We never really got too much into that scene or into the film festival scene. We literally were like probably the oldest school independent filmmakers Mm -hmm. left in the time that we were doing it, where we had an investment packet where we raised funds that folks could write off in their first tax year, Mm -hmm. make the production. And then we had to sell that movie back to make Mm -hmm. sure we paid back our investors. Right. And if you don't pay back your investors, you're not making another movie. Right. So the fact that we even had a 15 year run there is like kind of a miracle. Yeah, but sure. Georgia didn't care. I no. can tell you that we never got one tax credit. We never got <laughs> one incentive. Uh, we never got any of that because we were independent. We were just two guys. Like, they want to attract business, and right. they want to talk about economic development numbers. And I really appreciate that. I think that that's great for the county that they can bring in a big production. But it doesn't help your art community one iota. If you can find somebody who say otherwise, you know, go for it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that they would.
0: <laughs> I don't know either. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I always think that Georgia's trying to one-up California in one capacity when it comes to the film. Well, we I'm are sure. better. Yeah. <laughs> we, have to, we have to just admit that. We, I think everybody does. <laughs> I think even the people from California <laughs> are like, wow. No, they Georgia. here. Huh? They're huh?
1: moving back in droves. Yeah. yeah. For sure.
2: Well, and, you know, geographically, I've never been to California, but I feel like... It's not on fire a lot here. <laughs> <laughs> Although, well, I feel like, you know, Georgia has yes. a lot of different... Environments that you can go, right. and you could tell a whole story and make it look like it was from around the world, mm-hmm. with the, the different locations and stuff all throughout Georgia. Yeah, I mean, from, from from swamps to beaches to you know woods and mountains and you know the cities and. So.
0: Yeah, well, I guess if you you need desert thing, you have to go west or whatever. But so,
1: <laughs> so if you're making like independent film, like you know, you just don't write that. You know, like you you write a cabin in the woods. Mm-hmm. You know and. <laughs> You You're for Sam it. right, Sam Raimi. That's
0: Um All right. Well, we don't have much time left, but let's talk about how. What's your? Because you you run some podcasts. Yep. All right. You produce, or do you actually talk? Or
1: no, I, I'm I'm usually I'm host by default. Sometimes mm-hmm. but it's. Uh, but yeah, we we have several podcasts that we do um, with Gwinnett Podcast, mm-hmm. and you know you can find just about everything on GwinnettMagazine.com. We'll do stories. We'll have a e-news. We'll do things like that. So. Okay, so you sometimes. have different mediums. You have your mm-hmm. magazine. Yep.
0: Okay, and then you have your podcasts, and you have your YouTube videos, and then what's E-News compared to all that?
1: E-News is just our digital medium, so, like, you know, E-News is good. And in terms of, like, growing podcasts, uh-huh. like, you know, what you want to do really is is you want to try to capture as many uh, email addresses as you can from right. your listener base. So you want to be able to communicate them whenever you want to, and that's a great way to do that. Right. And so you're always talking to your audience in the inbox, and, you know, you probably have a few – E-news kind of, you know, things that are coming in your email and you're either reading them or you're discarding them, but you're probably seeing the, the, the line there of what it's about. right? Yeah. And so it's just another touch point for folks. And if they're interested in hearing the stories, how,
0: how, how active on social media is the magazine or Gwinnett, you know, podcast in general,
1: it just depends. Okay. It depends on whatever season that we're in, honestly, but there's so many different departments in that particular business, and, like, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not the authority on mm-hmm. on most of that. That would be uh, our well, publisher. David. How much
0: would you stress social media for a podcast? Or just uh, yeah. people like us, not necessarily somebody who has sponsors, like you, Gwinnett Podcast does or whatever, but people like us who are just starting out kind
1: of thing. Yeah. Well, you have an audience. Yeah. So, you know, it's... It's really like uh, you're you're delivering information and every once in a while people who might be interested mm-hmm. in certain kinds of products or businesses, you know, that that can be helpful to them. Okay. So you got to kind of change the way that you think about a sponsor, right? Because mm-hmm. you really you're really helping that sponsor find an audience mm-hmm. and you're also, you know, thinking about your audience mm-hmm. in terms of like you're not just going to come on here and start selling Clorox, you know, or something. Right. Like you're going to try to find something that makes the most sense for your listeners, you know, something that they would actually care about and be into. So,
0: yeah. And, and hopefully, and I mean, I, I've reached out to sponsors before. Yeah. And you know, at one point our podcast, and this is, I guess can, we can talk about it. I don't think
1: it's a problem. At one point, our podcast was welcome not... to the, the, um, true, true the stories. new nightmare yeah. version, <laughs> the meta version of, uh, entertain this. Here we go.
0: At, at one point, an episode cost $160. Yes. Okay. To have somebody, uh, r- you know, record and quote unquote edit our and podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And film. And, and then that one, way we had a YouTube medium. Yeah. And they would put all that stuff out there for us. Um, now, nine times out of 10, um, our YouTube videos didn't get very many views. Like, yeah. yeah it, it, so that was like an extra $60 to, to do that, was what we worked out with this production company. Mm-hmm. Um, we were also kind of looking for somebody to help produce and kind of direct how to gain attention, how to how to broaden our audience. There's nobody that really does that. You just gotta do it yourself kind of thing. Marketing. You know?
1: It's just that's that's marketing. Yeah. So production is production and you know, but marketing is trying to figure out what problem that you're solving and how best to communicate it to your audience. So
0: if we went to a sponsor and we said, you know, four hundred bucks a month, like like they would, they would be okay with that. And what, what do they get out of that besides goodwill and happiness that, yeah, we're helping out these, these little guys, you know,
1: <laughs> sometimes that's enough. Really? It, it depends on what it is. Like yeah. it depends on your price points. Got to be right. Right. And usually you'll base that on how much that sponsors pulling in every month or something like that. But you want to kind of figure it out like, uh, what, you know, what the relationship is first mm-hmm. and, whether they start out as a guest on your show mm-hmm. or whether, you know, um, you, you just want it to be natural, but I, I would, you know, look into your natural life paths and somebody, you know, is probably going to be your first sponsor. Okay. Somebody that is in your phone or your phone or your phone right now that uh, might want to help, uh, you know, just contribute to the thing that you're doing the thing that you're interested in mm-hmm. and, be the person who picks up production costs or something like that. So your first price might actually just be on like, Hey, what's this cost to break even? Mm -hmm. And let's figure out how to do that first. And then once you hit that stepping stone, then you can go to the next goal and the next goal. You don't have to come up with the finish line yet. Right. Just come up with the next thing and just do that. Just small Mm -hmm. micro goals and, um, and you'll feel better about yourself, too. Okay. I know what I want. <laughs> I know what I want. Yeah. I well, want yeah. our first
2: actual review on iTunes.
1: Like, oh, just something...
2: Wow. Like, somebody we don't know just read, listen to our show and does a review. Because we have one. We have a five-star rating. And I'm the one who wrote it. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's very honest of you. Yeah. it's very honest. A lot
1: of people don't give uh, reviews. You just have to ask for it, too. I mean, mm-hmm. don't be afraid to ask people to subscribe. We've... And We've tried. Things. We've tried all sorts of
0: we've stuff. We've kidnapped people. We, you know. We've offered to pay... <laughs> people to comment and communicate with us on social media
1: so this is what you got to (laughs) do all right you got to go on facebook and social but like your feeds just got you know that's one place Uh but you wouldn't find the group that people are interested in for this kind of stuff right and whether it's movies or video games or whatever you want to find yourself a group get into the group start having these conversations in the group not necessarily promoting the podcast, you want to watch your advertising, you know, language, build some relationships with that kind of fan base. And then they'll probably be interested in this kind of content. Right. Um, And then also if you want to have more people who are interested in this kind of stuff, then you go to, these are social media pages. You know, if you're to use social media, don't be afraid to like pick somebody you like and DM them and ask them like, Hey, Want to be on the show? This is the podcast. Listen to the podcast. Whatever, right? You know, most people are going to ignore it. One or two people are going to say yes. Those are your one or two people. Sweet. Um, and then the last thing is just like, when it comes to the big pages, just go on there, see who all likes their stuff, like all those people, like okay. start following all them, because they're going to be into it. So if they're like on Dragon Con's page or something like that. Then just go in there and just live in that community for a little bit and get to know it and get to know some people and be like, okay, oh, yeah, that person's rad. This person's right. cool. I like what they're doing. Hey, you want to come talk about what you're doing on my podcast? Right. And then you start to build that community up, and that can take a while, man. It's a grind. Like
0: it, it is. When, you know, when it we, takes
1: years sometimes. When right? we started, um, you know, Gwinnett Magazine is 25 years old. Right. Like it's been around for a minute. Like everything that they're doing. Let's be clear. They don't need me you know, (laughs) because, you know, that's, like I said, you could throw a rock and hit a guy who can make videos and podcasts, Mm -hmm. you know, these, these days, but what you offer to this audience is unique. And you three guys are like really fantastic at what you do and the way that you tell stories and your perspective on things. And I literally, because of your podcast, went and checked out what the heck Velocipastor was. So I was like, (laughs) I gotta figure out. There's a guy in a dinosaur suit. That's, that's right. Doing karate, like yes. We're impacting the world. That's changing lives. So my just life to change. Just to sum it. up. Changed
2: a man's life with my review of Velocipass.
1: Good I, job. I really appreciate it. You that. can die happy now. Yep. All right. <laughs> shared so, it with the entire office. All right. Was great. Bye. <laughs>
2: Entertain this now as an opening for another host. Just to sum up,
0: uh, what, what like one thing I think was important for the three of us when we started this podcast was. We, we wanted to grow. We wanted to figure out how to make something stupid like this and then make it actually be formidable where people, you know, because you, you, you say, yeah, I have a podcast, and people kind of, you know, snark at you and like, nah, okay. And, right. then, and then when they listen to it, they're like, okay, that's actually pretty interesting. So developing, one, our brand, our image, mm-hmm. and how we figured out we wanted to look and sound and, and talk about, right. you know, that was... Like, I'd say, honestly, the solid first year of our podcast was figuring out what exactly we do for a podcast. Yeah. And then um, number two, I think, was the most important rule is we wanted to never stop having fun doing it. You know, because what's the point in doing this to begin with? We're we're certainly not getting paid to do it. Yeah. So, I mean, and I think that as long as we keep those two, you know, factors in check – and then we learn all the nuances, all the rules and, and figuring out how to grow how to how to build our social media, you know and how to do all the things that we need to uh to connect with the local people, get them to the guest star and and grow like that. you know I think you're right, I think that that's that's will will take us to the next level or whatever that is
1: I, I would also just add the fact that like don't don't underestimate supplementing income, right. If you are working, this is for anybody out there that's doing anything based in the arts or entertainment world, or podcasting, or video, or photography, or whatever the thing that they're into. Mm-hmm. Like it is not like I I talked to a guy you know a few weeks ago, and you know he's working uh, uh, at Best Buy, and he's um, also doing freelance uh, you know video, and mm-hmm. it's really good stuff. He's like yeah. f- super talented. That right there is like. He's able to do what he loves, and he's Mm -hmm. able to take the projects that he wants and discard the ones that he doesn't because he's supplementing income. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, you are your own entity, and you're making this podcast. And so it's like if you've got a show and other incomes come from other sources, well, that's that's great. Let me go backwards for a second back into the entertainment company that I ran and opened some windows. Right. When we raise money. We have to spend all that money on the production. right? So how do I have 12 employees? Well, I have those 12 employees because I have two other divisions. I have a professional division mm-hmm. that's only working on corporate projects and commercials and marketing I have an event company that you know technically didn't shut down that entire time. And those two entities are making far more revenue than the entertainment side. Okay. The entertainment side is what everybody wants to talk about. But they were not the cash cows. I was supplementing my own income inside of my own company, which is the way that most companies work. Uh-huh. Like, have you ever just listened to something and be like, how the heck are these people making money? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like,
0: we, we talk
2: about that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> how are so they doing this? I promise of you. movies we've reviewed, we've discussed that
1: in depth. <laughs> <laughs> Whether they've supplemented it because they have other jobs, mm-hmm. or they supplement it because they've made other revenue streams inside of their business. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's different. Like half the guys on Instagram that are living that sneaker life, you know, or whatever, Mm -hmm. or or like they're working a Joe job or they're an investment banker or they've got something else going on and it's just like for show. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I would say it's very hard to just be a hundred percent one thing. uh, Unless you just like, I've been doing it for since 97, however long that is 25 years or so. And so like,
0: I mean, it's you came been, in a wheelchair. It's been so. ups
1: and downs. Yes, <laughs> I don't know how you got up go three flights I'm of stairs. I'm 85 years old. <laughs> You're only f-
0: five years older than uh, me. So. <laughs> uh, I hear you, man. I I, I really appreciate the advice. Um, honestly, it's just nice to have somebody that says, "Hey, you guys are doing cool stuff," and we like hearing it. You know, you know I got. I, I remember starting this at work, and people, you know, if you knew where we work at, people would understand, but. Our coworkers can be jerks sometimes and they'll laugh yes. at you and be like, oh, look at you trying to do something for yourself and be right. all, you it, know. There's, uh, there's a things. big culture about that. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people are like that, actually. And, but then, you know, a year or two later, you know, they, they're like, hey, that was really good. You know, good for you. You know, and, you know I'm like, yeah, yeah you, you jerk. <laughs> you <laughs> you poo pur- pooed initially.
1: <laughs> you weren't there in the beginning. There's so. always people like that, they yeah. never mm-hmm. go away.
2: It's nice to get an honest review and not like, you know, people we work with, you know, feel like almost obligated to be like, oh, yeah, listen to it. It was really good. you just like, you listen to the first five minutes yeah, and we're like, this check. sucks. <laughs> yeah, I'm going yeah, to do something to else.
0: Yeah. Well, it well. is what it
2: is. But we're learning when we're growing
0: uh, slowly but surely. And we're having a lot of fun doing it. And especially when we get to meet people like you, man. So thanks for coming on. Um, and uh, we will hope to have you back to talk probably more about this kind of stuff in the future, for sure. Yeah. And then maybe an episode. Maybe we'll do the episode after this. I don't know. So, regardless, thanks so much. Uh, do you want to plug anything from what you're working on right now? Or? Not really. No? Nope. I, mean, I, I don't think so.
1: Okay. I, I, don't, I don't really need to plug anything. <laughs> <laughs> there' already two I, people I, who are going to yeah. listen to this I tell you, I tell you
0: what, uh, Mitch has got all your information, and if you want to put something online... Yeah. You know. Okay. A- great. A-
1: absolutely. Oh, you know, I think I think the one thing I will add, if we got just like two yeah, seconds, yeah, absolutely, yeah, I, I want to come full circle with this. So, I, like I said, I, I started off making these kid movies in my, mm-hmm. and so that is where I'm at right now. So yeah. you are asking about local and what I'm doing for the magazine and all that kind of stuff, which is great. Mm-hmm. But what's even better than that is making movies with my kids now. Yeah. So every October we make like this crappy uh, sci-fi script. That's fun, and then we produce <laughs> it as well as we can. Yeah. with phones. And my daughter directs them all, and she's done this at seven, eight, and nine now. That's awesome, and um, and they're pretty funny. They're pretty good. <laughs> yeah,
0: she'll be running Hollywood one day. And
1: uh, but we just have a blast doing it. And I would encourage anybody like just keep it on the level. Like it's it's more your relationships are more important than anything else just don't mm-hmm. put anything in front of that uh you know especially with your families and and all that kind of thing because right. somehow like this world of attention mm-hmm. um no matter what the thing is like we tend to put our attention in to that so much that we forget like right you know to live so mm-hmm. I, I,
0: yeah well when the podcast stops being fun we'll stop recording yeah. so that's always a better thing but thanks again thanks so much for being here and um been. We'll, we'll talk again soon. Uh, that's
2: pod racing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I forgot about